From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun. If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect, and we want to help you find them. I'm Paul. I'm Todd, and this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. So here we are again with more fun with you guys on the car debate, and uh, we've been talking about all kinds of things since we were last with you, including an interesting response to one of our questions that one of you guys wrote into. But of course, we will have car debates tonight. We are back with those. We have Craig writing to us from I don't know where, and Daniel also writing to us from <laughs> I don't know where. So if you are That's writing right. to us, hey, let us know where you're talking about, because I'm kind of geographically lost in the woods tonight. We're kind of looking at each other going, no, no, where you are. But, but Craig's got an interesting, hey, I have the permission now to get kind of whatever car I want. That's an interesting discussion. And uh, and he's an older guy that's got a good amount of money to spend and is, in, is curious to do the enthusiast thing a little bit. It's an interesting discussion with Craig. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, I, I like this. And then we have this. Daniel who, who wrote us Agreed. Yeah, Daniel, who wrote us on our website, which interestingly enough, we had a Daniel, different Daniel, wrote us on our website last week. So apparently, if your name is Daniel, you write your car debate on our website. But uh, <laughs> Daniel has an interesting discussion about uh, thinking about hot hatches because he just took a road trip in his lifted Jeep Wrangler. And guess how much fun that was. <laughs> so he's thinking about, hmm, maybe I need a more realistic car. So that'll be a fun discussion in a few. Well, I like that you uh, suggested location because we're actually thinking about, you know, either just summer conditions or winter conditions, depending on what kind of car we recommend during our car debate. So it is mm -hmm. important. It does help yeah, inform yeah. our commentary and our decisions. But speaking of location, we want to talk about first a little bit about, I, I think, the comment that we talked about. We wanted some commentary from European listeners or just anybody outside of the mm -hmm. U.S., in terms of yeah, yeah. you know talking about performance and and it was the discussion we had about autonomous driving and uh, you know sort of the future of that but we've got Matt from yeah. Ljubljana Slovenia by the way I had to look that up how to pronounce yep. it and uh, <laughs> bravo by the way well done well, I, thank I, you. I would have stumbled over that that's why I handed that to you so bravo on that <laughs> I, I worked hard on that so Matt is uh, definitely lives 15 years in Europe and he wrote to us saying that. Europeans equate performance with high-speed freeway runs, which kind of is in keeping with what uh, what you've found too, Todd. You've uh, been talking to um, our friend over in Germany as well. He's kind of thinking along those lines as well, right? Oh yeah, Tom. We, Tom, we, yeah, we that's have, right. We have a friend, Tom, who does. If if you haven't found him yet, Tom does some really cool. He does. Uh, what what is his channel called? Uh, Autobahn driver, I believe. I've just given him a free plug. There you go, Tom. Uh, <laughs> he awesome. is actually doing cool Autobahn runs. But but here's the thing. I mean, look, the Autobahn is not all of Europe. I want to go ahead and acknowledge that right now. But the thing that the Certainly. point that Matt's making is that Europeans, in his opinion, and again, this is Matt's opinion. It's why hey, you want to chime in? Feel free to chime in. But he's saying that in Europe, we're not as concerned with fast blast, go from a, from zero to sixty. We want hangout for long distance at speed cars. And apparently, you Americans are worried about drag from the light and of course that is our reputation and canyon runs i love that he put canyon runs on here because most people in europe would just say that all americans care about is drag from the light but he's thinking that the the headspace is different for each so his comment about um autonomous driving was that the future is not trains the future is uber combined with an autonomous tesla that's an interesting combo. Somebody in Silicon Valley, where we have a lot of listeners, by the way, somebody in Silicon Valley is writing that down right now and probably going to make money that we can't dream about 
making that idea happen. <laughs> you know, that's an interesting point. I think I mentioned this before. I've been talking to my friends in Europe. I actually just got back from a trip to Berlin, Germany, and I see uh, mm -hmm. these car-sharing programs, and I actually was having dinner and looking down onto the street here and watching a guy walk up to a car. I think it was a smart, something similar, walk up to it and scan the QR code on the windshield enters that into the oh, sure, yeah. app that he has for that and waits mm -hmm. for the giant satellite in the sky to unlock the car doors in which the keys are located <laughs> and he can drive away. <laughs> and I'm thinking, how brilliant. We've got something like that here. We've got uh, Zipcar and we've got a few other car sharing programs. But yeah. I agree with yeah, yeah. Matt. I, the future isn't trains. I think I threw that out there more of tongue in cheek and hyperbole than anything else. It is. Uh, it's always the discussion when we're talking about going somewhere in Europe because of fuel prices. Mm -hmm. And so you think, all right, I could, oh yeah, yeah. you know, take yeah, the yeah. train and get there in such and such hour, but I'd rather take my car, go straight there. And now with uh, your suggestion well, here, combining this, you know, the Tesla autonomous uh, driving with Uber, yeah. that's really fascinating. Well, but you you acknowledged you acknowledged on the podcast though you said that the, obviously the downfall of a train versus a car and of course we're car guys who are always going to say car but of course in, in a fundamental realistic way the downfall is the fact that you cannot go door to door you have to go station to right. station and then right. walk or whatever you're going to do to get there and yeah that is a downfall and of course you know here in the U S we've got an explosion of Uber people with no business in fact we had a guy we may actually do this this car debate we had a guy ride us on Uber. I actually don't think I've shown you this this email, Paul, but it made me laugh. A guy wrote us on about Uber and said he was thinking about buying a Focus RS and would that be a good Uber car? And I thought, <laughs> well, to terrify people, yes. But like when I think Uber, I think Audi A8 is what I think. You know, if you really want to impress somebody with your Uber car, that's what you go with. Your Focus RS only impresses you as an Uber car, I think. I mean, look, that's, I, that's I would funny. say Bravo, but I am one of the rare passengers that would find that cool. But but the the idea of Uber that is self-driving and takes you point to point, I could see that. I could see pods. I mean, you know, it comes back. I don't know why I thought of this, but I, but I thought all the way back to the original uh, Tim Burton Batman movies in the late 80s. Wow. I remember there was an iconic scene where he calls. I know. I don't know. It just happened. He calls the Batmobile in, and it comes racing at him, autonomous car style. And then he says, stop. And it stops like inches from his from his cabs. So, you know, I thought of that for some reason when I thought about the autonomous Uber vehicle. So you're saying the Batmobile is the cool. perfect Uber mobile? Is that what you're alluding to here? Yes, I am, actually. Th thank you. Thank you for listening so closely. To That's exactly what I'm saying, in fact. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, I'm saying the Batmobile is an Uber car. That's that's really, I mean, you know, you say that the black car on Uber, that's really what you're calling. You're calling in <laughs> we'll the We'll get you to your destination yeah. less time than it takes to order a pizza. No problems. One way or another with much <laughs> destruction required. Yes. We're we're off in the weeds now, but it's fun. I like the I like the, the Uber Batmobile. I like that Focus RS idea, although I mean, yeah, that would be yeah. cool, but if the Focus RS is there, I'd want to be driving it. I don't want to be riding in it. Mm -hmm. And when I call for an Uber, yeah. I'm you know, you're in an coming out of an airport or a train station, you're tired and you just want to get somewhere. And generally speaking, you want something that's quiet and comfortable and is more of an isolation mm -hmm. chamber mm -hmm. than anything else. I don't want to be thrown around the back seat yeah. because again, I'd rather be driving the car, but you know, I, I just want quiet yeah. comfort. I just want to get to my destination. And yeah, so I, I don't think it's the perfect car for that reason, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like this. This is really interesting, you know, combining, uh, combining self-driving. Although that autonomous uh, Tesla driving at this point is only in stop-and-go traffic 
and open freeways. So it doesn't, you know, you it's still obviously yeah, need yeah, yeah. a driver for the door-to-door activities, navigating through narrow neighborhoods, that kind of thing. You still need that, obviously. But uh, you know, could be interesting. Yes, I know. And one of the thing, I if they can get there, it would be fascinating. And I, I think of the movie. I don't know why I'm on movies tonight, but uh, I think of the movie. You never uh, talk about movies. Report, this is very strange. Transportation pods. That's true. Well, this is the thing, though. You, most people don't realize how much I talk about movies because that's my background. But I'm just in the kind of movie headspace tonight, not just mm. cars. But, uh, you know, the other thing is I'm thinking about that uh, Tesla autonomous driving thing, and we need to call up that same Tesla owner. I don't actually think he listens to the podcast. We need to call up the Tesla owner that loaned us his Model S uh, for uh, for the big review we did a, a couple years back that a lot of people have watched. So thank you for those of you that have enjoyed that. We should call him because I think he was in the beta program for the autonomous thing. Hmm, we should see if we can get that car back and try that out. Because I want to put that on camera. I want to put the autonomous thing on camera, probably just to show my sheer terror. So anyway, that would be <laughs> We could fun. set the camera, the interview camera, in the back seat. We could climb in the back seat. Nobody's in the front seat. Cruising down the freeway. Do the interview that Easy. way. Easy there. Hey, everybody. Autonomous. I, I, don't, I don't know Whoa, that we want to go that off. autonomous. <laughs> I don't know that we want to go that autonomous, but it would be funny. Then, then you see if you can pass a cop at speed with nobody in the driver's seat. See what happens there. <laughs> just hang out the rear window as <laughs> you, you pass the cop. <laughs> There's a question, though. Who do you ticket that situation? If the autonomous car gets pulled over for speeding, who does the ticket go to? I'm just thinking, huh. you know, when it's all run by Skynet, who, who do we accuse? It is We should Skynet. move on to something that resembles car debates, shall we? <laughs> it's like when you get a ticket for, a, for, you know, for the uh, traffic cam. You want to send in a picture of money. Oh, people have done that. Oh, yeah. There was a guy I remember in L.A. that very famously did that. They sent him a, a, a bill for a $20 ticket, and he sent them back. Well, they sent him a picture of his car with a $20 ticket, and he sent them back a picture of a $20 bill. That's funny because so, yeah, then they send you a picture of handcuffs after that. Exactly right. So anyway, we should move on to car debates. First, we have Craig. And Craig's got an interesting story. He actually is a huge fan of the channel. Thank you, Craig. You've talked about watching uh, yeah, all of our videos that. and a regular listener of the podcast. You have our movies on Blu-ray, so that's a nice little extra plug in oh, there. Oh, by if the you way. you've seen either one of our movies. Yes, that, sir. That's a great what? point. For everybody listening, Craig said that he never misses okay. an episode of either the YouTube channel or the podcast, and he bought, bought the Blu-ray movies, both of them, as a Christmas present. So my question to the rest of you is, Craig did it. Okay. Why don't the rest of you? I've got a huge <laughs> stack of them sitting right here. I can you send do have them a out immediately. That's true. And Craig did it, and he's enjoying them, and I'm just saying it could be a cool you know, gift anytime. So continue. Well, yeah, I mean, if you know anybody that, that likes cars, likes car movies, or if you've seen those movies and enjoyed them, I will say this about the Blu-rays. You will not get a better picture and sound quality than you will out of the Blu-rays. Honestly, oh, yes, when you watch yes. our Blu-rays, this is Blu-rays in general. I mean, it has to do with, with bandwidth is what we're talking about. You're not pulling it down streaming. When you watch our Blu-rays, it looks like 4K at the highest res possible. I guarantee it looks amazing. So if you've thought about it in those regards, I think you will find it very worth it. If you've watched our movies or want to watch them, you can also watch them on Vimeo. It still looks great streaming. It just does look better on Blu-ray. But oh, thank yeah. you, Craig, for being that kind of fan. We really appreciate it. You have a GMC Terrain, so it is the five-seat SUV from GMC, the, the Acadia that, that I've owned, that is the, the size above that. So it's the, if you think about it, it's the Mazda CX-5 competitor, it's the five-seat SUV from GM. He has terrain. that. He's had it for a few years, yep. It's kind of the square-looking wheel arches, and, right? I always associate that car. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very, it's very boxy. It's very boxy. Styling. 
Well, yeah. the, the Chevy equivalent is the is the Equinox, I believe. That's the the Chevy equivalent, okay. and, the, and the Chevy yeah, one right. is very rounded by comparison. So it's that five, it's the same five seat platform. You can get it in the V six. You can get it in the four cylinder. Anyway, so it's that car, and he has it because he has a son in law who has uh, who works for a GM dealer, and so he's gotten good deals. But they've always had an SUV because I love this, Craig. We got we've gotten back into kids and stuff for a second. We've always had an SUV because Craig and his wife have three grandkids. So, of course, they need an SUV. But salvation has come for Craig's car problem because his wife is now getting an SUV for her company car. And so Craig has the ability to have a little fun. So he's looking at something other than a big SUV and he's going, all right, guys, the train's going out. What do you think? I like this. I do. Well, the kind of fun that he's talking talking here is uh, about 40K and under. So he's written in asking our thoughts. That's decent money. So he's asking our thoughts on these smaller German crossovers. And I I like that you're kind of getting away from what you have been driving. I I think this is going to be a a fresh new outlook for you, Craig. So these these German Mm -hmm. crossovers are the BMW X1, the Mercedes GLA 250, and the Audi Q3. Now, here's the thing with all three of Mm -hmm. these. Neither Todd or I have driven these, but we've driven cars around them and you know models that are similar mm-hmm. or very close to them. For example, we've driven models the in the lineup that share flat platform parts and that kind of thing. Right, yeah, right. very no, close right. to the CLA Mercedes, and so we can understand you know based on having driven these similar cars from various manufacturers. Sometimes they share components, we're, we're steering racks, You're right. that kind of You're thing. Right. So we can extrapolate that sort we're of. We're extrapolating somewhat. You're right. That driving experience, right. but we've not driven any of them. And yes, all three of them can be had at local dealers less than 40K. You need to go drive them all. Obviously, I I think that's the starting place here. I'm gravitating towards this Mercedes GLA 250 suggestion because I did like the CLA a lot. I think that could be pretty interesting, and it seems a little bit lower, lower center of gravity than the rest of them. And yes, they are are Mm -hmm. still usable. But I've got some other suggestions because we're working with 40k. Well, there's here. a couple yeah, there's a couple interesting things about about what's happened here, Craig. And that is, first off, you're leaving an SUV, but you're kind of still buying mm-hmm. one. And you've made the comment here that that you're you're thinking that you can't do a small sports sedan and you, you actually you mentioned here that you can't get a Cayman, which is a bummer because of what you want. But my question is, between Cayman and GLA 250, there's a lot of car real estate there. And oh, if you're talking a about a car that occasionally can yeah, car that can occasionally carry some grandkids. I don't know that you need to stay in this kind of crossover, sporty SUV world. I don't know that you need to stay there to, to accomplish this. I am going to echo something Paul said. I mean, look, the, the Audi Q3, I, that's my least favorite of this group. It's going to have the most understeer. It's going to feel the least dynamically sure. fun. It will probably feel more interesting than your GMC Terrain. The X1 and the GLA 250, the BMW X1 and the GLA 250, of course, the X1 based on the 1 Series, the GLA based on the CLA, um, the thing about those is, obviously, I think that's a grab bag. Which one do you prefer? It's like a drive them back to back. The thing, because the, there's different drive wheel bias and, and that kind of thing that changes the dynamics of those two. You've said you prefer the, the X1 in look. Um, I actually lean toward the GLA just in look. But I will say this about the GLA. If you have not seen one in person, that car is surprisingly small mm-hmm. and agile in, in scope. Yeah. 
it it does not look like an SUV. I actually see one about every week at, at the gym, and there's and and it sits there next to SUVs that are also five seat. And I just go, that looks tiny. It looks like a hot hatch by comparison. Mm, yeah. So I think that GLA is really interesting for you to go drive and really think about. But I actually think, and I've got a couple. I actually think there's other cars here you're skipping over that can get you out of that CUV and still have that level of usability. I, on, I do Paul. too. And Craig, the thing you're going to have to ask yourself is. You said here your wife's company car can be an SUV, and she's going to go ahead and order that. If you get another SUV, mm-hmm. you're going to look in your garage and think to yourselves, wait a minute, we accidentally got two SUVs. We don't really need this. <laughs> what did we do? Whoops. Yeah. And 40K I mean, he's looking for, can get you something yeah. here. So I say – Yeah, he's looking for some family flexibility, but well, I agree yes, there's, there's other options here. Do you totally think agree. at any point you're going to be taking all three grandchildren somewhere? I mean, if you do, drive the SUV. But you, are you going to be having all three grandkids in the car? If you do, maybe a sedan could work. And so I've got a wild card, and I've also got a super wild card, which I don't often have. Okay. But back to your suggestions, Craig, I'm going to leave the German, the small SUVs for a moment and talk about cars that we've suggested before. I'm going to touch on them real briefly, and that is the Volvo XC60, which is interesting. I think you could Mm -hmm. really like. It is. The Acura RDX. And then I also thought of this yeah. other weird, slightly not that usable, but it might work for you, and that is the ZDX. The roof line looks beautiful. I like the <laughs> lines on this car. As a matter of fact, a guy I know worked on that car. I think he was the design lead at Honda for yeah. that car. Yeah, yeah. It's not very usable, but you've got grandkids. I mean, Todd and I couldn't fit in the back seat. We have to chop our I heads agree. off. No, of course but not. But it might well, be small enough and, and kind of fit that sporty sedan but still sort of usable thing that you want well you're bringing up the key thing and that is grandkids yeah I mean, how big are said grandkids right you know i mean if if the grandkids are like you know i've got a five-year-old son if the grandkids are that scale you can get away with a lot in terms of leg and head right if the grandkids are 17 and six foot two then it's a very different conversation <laughs> but i'm going to assume i'm going to assume little grandkids is what i'm going mm-hmm. to assume so that gives you a lot of flexibility you're right the zdx becomes a viable option that's interesting. I hadn't gone that route. I went away from SUVs, but keep going. All right. I've got the, I've got this wild card, and I've got this super-duper extra special – well, maybe not. But you, you might appreciate it. And I'm going away from the SUVs, okay. as Todd will too here. Did you know that BMW M3s from 2009, 2010, they're now about 35, 40 grand? M3. Thank you. Agreed. Hello. Agreed. They're a sedan. You can fit three kids in them while you drive and – they're laughing their pants oh, yeah, yeah. off. I think this could be really viable because it is a sedan. It's a car, mm-hmm, but it's an mm-hmm. M3 with that luscious V8 that drinks fuel like there's no tomorrow or there's you know endless Saudi Arabian deserts to be drilled and tapped. Yes, but yes. I, I, I thought of that car and I think, man, I think you would really, really like having a sedan. You still get stuff in it. Still a road trip car. Still – Take it to the store, whatever you do. Oh, but, but here's, man, here's the thing. I think M3. you. Three. I love. I love that you and I don't talk about this before we do the podcast, and yet always end up with crossover connecting uh, the dots cars on our list that are the same. I actually thought of the exact Did same you really? thing. Really, four door M three, Craig. Four door M three. Yeah, that even ninety series four door M three. I mean, here's the thing. I, I, I'm, I'm actually saying don't go two door. Seek out a yeah, four door. There you go. 
because that is, I mean, literally, you could take three adults in the back if you needed to. You could take two adults on a road trip. That has got good room, a decent trunk. And when it's just you, Craig, you're going to do nothing but laugh at the joy of it all. <laughs> yeah. It is going to be a fantastic car to drive. But then when you need to be a little bit normal, hey, I own a four-door sedan. It's very nice in here. Right. I mean, you've, you, you've said you're leaving the GMC terrain, and you're clearly leaning German. So, okay, four-door M3 E90 generation, grandkids in the back of that, plenty of room, no grandkids, plenty of fun. I actually think that's a great option. I'm glad you brought it awesome. up. Awesome. There's one little thing in here that I'm kind of reading into, and Craig didn't specify. I'm kind of getting the idea he wants something new. But when Todd and I see forty grand, we think yeah, the world maybe. of used options mm -hmm. is is huge. All of the above. So that's not yes, specified agreed, here. Agreed. So I thought, all right, if used is not an option for whatever mm -hmm. reason, warranty or maintenance, whatever, I thought, and that, how yeah, could we go that new That takes that right here? out. What could we do? And so therefore, mm -hmm. that led me to mm -hmm. the new BMW 228i Coupe, which Todd and I have driven. As a matter of fact, we tracked mm -hmm. that last year. I really yeah, came great, away great liking fun. that car. Now, it's smaller, but it can do the same things in yeah. terms of people and gear and stuff that the M3 could do. It's, a, like I said, a little bit smaller, probably better gas mileage. It's going to be still a lot of fun, and it is new, something different, and it's a car. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, they start at, what, 34, 32, and then by the time you load them up, they'll be 40 grand, so that might work. They will be, yeah. Well, but here's, you know, you're, you're, act, you're actually touching on a point that suddenly struck me that is an interesting side note here about the three that we're bringing up, about this level, the, the X1, the GLA, and the Q3. Here's the weird thing that happens, and it's a perception thing, I think, that happens to all of us. And that is, you see those, they're set up as crossovers, and you think, oh, that's roomy. Not overly. Not, yeah, not that much. I mean, there are plenty of sedans. There are plenty of, I mean, it's the form factor in the hatch that makes people think, those have got a lot of room. But the truth is... You know, that two-series Beamer, once you get everybody seated, is going to have almost the same kind of space as that Audi Q3. Mm -hmm. Now, the Q3 is going to have a higher roof line. It's going to have a hatch. But they, it's not going to feel like, wow, this is so much bigger room-wise. These are small CUVs we're talking about. And the, the mid-size to small sedan, I mean, I bet you I would almost put money down if you got in a BMW X1 and then got in the E90 Series M3. I I don't know. I haven't done it back-to-back, -back, but I bet you the M3 is bigger inside. Yeah, could very well be. And, you know, unless you're making Costco runs and filling your car to capacity with toilet paper rolls or five-gallon jars of honey or whatever it is you buy at Costco, you're not going to need yes, that kind five of... five-gallon <laughs> jars of honey. That's exactly what I do. How well you know well, me. Well, with you, it's pickles. It's the giant 20-gallon jars of pickles. Clearly. Uh, yes, clearly. That's exactly how I eat. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. No, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't feel like mm -hmm. you're going to need yeah. the, the cargo carrying space of another SUV because it sounds like your wife's going to mm -hmm. get one. If you need to make runs to Home Depot or wherever it is, take that car. And yeah. then when you want to yeah. go have some fun, but you can still, you know, you still need to take the kids, take people. Great. We're talking about some sedan options here that I think honestly would be a better, better investment emotionally. Just you know, for your for your own well-being, just thinking, yeah, I got something that I really like. Because Craig's prior cars, did you notice? He had a 5 Series BMW, Volvo S80, and a, a Mercedes yeah. C230. So he's, he's had he's had interesting he's had stuff. stuff. He's had ger good German stuff. Yeah, yeah. Here's, here's actually a thought that I had that I think may check all the boxes. I really think right. so. Curious. And that is, it's it's got it's got the space that I think these small SUVs suggest 
but it is a better option. It's still German, and it's a car. You could get it for forty grand, and that is, hello, why not get Volkswagen GTI, or if you want to go a little bit further, get the new Golf R. Yeah. Why not get a Mark Seven generation GTI or Golf R? That is going to be incredibly fun to drive, either one of them. Mm -hmm. And then when you need to be realistic, it actually has a surprising amount of room in every single seat and the hatch. I would wager, and again, I'd, I'd have to do it back to back and I haven't. I would wager that GTI has as much space as these small SUVs we're talking about. Yeah. And it's going to feel much more compact, much more agile. And I think that's really worth looking at, Craig, honestly. I think that's a great point. Craig, you've got some great options here. And, you know, when you do mm -hmm. decide, write us back because uh, we're going to keep doing the uh, the show. We've only done one so far, but that is when people write in and say, hey, I ended up getting blank car and here's yeah, yeah. what I did and, yeah. you know, it fit my needs and we're, we're going to keep doing that. So, Craig, write us back when you get a, a chance. A lot of people are doing that. Yeah, uh, we, we've got great options for you. But in the meantime... Let's keep rocking and talk about Daniel. As you said, mm -hmm. this is a different Daniel, the guy who uh, took a road trip in a lifted Wrangler, which means it's got knobbies, <laughs> the cars that you can hear coming yeah. and going with you know the Doppler effect from your wheels <laughs> on the freeway. They're really loud. Well, I'm guessing it's that kind of sort of and he also says beefy he, lifted Wrangler. He was recently doing a road trip of 14 hours and was listening to our podcast to pass the time while, while driving his lifted Jeep Wrangler. Now, here's my question. How did you hear the podcast? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I, I just, I, I, you know, my wife had a Jeep Wrangler and we loved it. And we never had the hardtop. Maybe you had the hardtop, but we did not have it lifted. I mean, it was, it was up on like the sport package with a slightly larger, but the, still the stock mm. slightly larger wheels. And that thing, the radio was pointless. I mean, we had the sound bar and the whole thing, but it was like certainly not like anything that was talk radio. If it was music and you could really crank it, you could kind of <laughs> decipher that. But I'm sitting here going, how did you hear our podcast over that? But anyway, clearly you have discovered this is not a road trip car. You also have a crazy tuned O2 Mustang that you think is also not a road trip car. So you're going, all right, guys. I'm considering, should I have a hot hatch for these long road trips I'm starting to take? What do you think of hot hatches? Should I go GTI? Should I go Focus ST? Talk to me about hot hatches and you have 30 grand to spend. Interesting dilemma. And the short version is, yes, let's get you out of your Wrangler for road trips. I like this too. We talk about hot hatches a lot and 30 grand is a decent amount to go spend on this. And even though, mm -hmm. Daniel, you suggested the GTI and the Focus ST... Duly noted, great cars. Go drive them and see yep. what you think. Agreed. But what I want to try mm -hmm. to do with you is still stay in the hot hatch department, but slightly different, and try to use okay. up all of that thirty grand, if not maybe a little more, to get you in something. Here's where my headspace is at, and that is road trip. I'm hot waiting. hatch, but still road trip, yeah. because a lot yeah. of the ones we suggested yeah. are maybe not so great for road trips, like the new Subaru STI. I did that. I road tripped out and. Yeah, it, it did get a little bit, you know, kind of droning and annoying after a while. And I'm thinking, what's going to be yeah. comfortable, but you can still throw around and go have fun because of these road mm -hmm. trips? And mm -hmm. so I landed on the Mark VI, that 2013 Golf R. If you're already going for GTI, why not find a slightly used Golf R? Oh, go back a Go gym. back one Sure, gym. sure, sure. Yeah, They're I see like where you go. They're like 34,000. They're a little less common than a GTI. They've got more power. But the yeah. interior is yeah. where it's at. We both noted in that review, we drove a black one, and the interior is just, it's uh -huh. lovely. It's a great place to be. And so I'm thinking road trip, more horsepower, road trip. You know, it, yeah. it didn't check necessarily well, that, all the boxes that we wanted in a hot hatch. But on the other hand, the interior is fantastic. And we could both easily see ourselves road tripping in that car. 
Well, the thing is, that, and that and that prior gen only came in six-speed manual, which you're going to want right. anyway. So you're making an interesting point there. I mean, it, it is. I mean, we talked about it on the first gen, and of course, our actually our new Golf RSTI piece comes out this week. It'll be two days after you hear this podcast. That new Golf RSTI, the second gen Golf R, will be out. So there's a, a quick plug there. Be ready for that. But on this prior gen you're talking about, only came in six-speed, yep. which is a great GTI six-speed. You're right. You could get it for this kind of money. That would be a very nice car. I mean, the GTI of the same level would be. Sure. But I take your point. You go back a gin, get, and, and we talked about that original Golf R, even though it wasn't what we wanted. We talked about it still being the bigger, better GTI. Right. right. So that is an interesting. I hadn't thought about that. I see where you you're know, going. Something else that I thought about was the uh, same, just John Cooper Works Mini Cooper. 2013, just yep. slightly used. Agreed. But Agreed. that car is also going to be a lot of fun, of course. We love the Mini Cooper. But I think it'll also be a great road trip car, too. It's kind of rare when we're trying to dig mm-hmm. up something that's going to fit kind of a dual need like that. Because you think road trip, you want something that's just going to be a nice environment, some sort of sedan, five Big series, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think both of those could be interesting choices for uh, for comfortability, just you know, long driving. Because, Daniel, you're saying here you're doing serious driving here. I think maybe you know maybe step away from the the Cooper Works the 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 full the full hot sauce version and just go Cooper. Yes, yeah, you could just, just do go. that. It's hotter sure. than the base, but it's not it's not the fullest hardest suspension hardcore version because we are we're leaning road trip here. I will say this about minis, and I hate to say this about minis, but it relates to our reliability conversation uh, last week, and that is uh, if you're going to get a mini, uh, buy it early and dump it early. Mm. Um, just yeah. because, unfortunately, their reliability, especially on higher mileage, has not been good. Now, we drove one a few years back that had almost 100,000 miles on it and had been fantastic for its owner. That is the exception, not the rule. In all of the conversations I've heard with many owners, they are fun cars. But I think you could go Cooper S, save yourself some money, and that would probably be a better road trip car, just a slightly less hot car for all the other variations. But we are leaning road trip. And as a result of that, I actually thought okay. of two. Right. That are obvious, and then I thought of two that are wild cards. The two obvious ones, and of course, again, this is acknowledging, of course, already the GTI and generations. The Focus ST is a great option. I don't think you can go Fiesta. I think that's too small for what we're talking about. And you would start to notice that the interior is just cheap. Yeah. It's a small, cheap interior yep. car for a road trip car. It is a riot on a back road, but not a road trip car. The Focus ST is better. But two others. One is go find a deal on a Mazda Speed Three. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Because now that has that has a, a stiff suspension, but it's not a brutal suspension. That car is genuinely fun. Now it's not a beauty queen, but it's genuinely fun. Or you could hang on to your money. I don't know how soon you're shopping, Daniel, but you can hang on to your money. The rumor is the new Speed Three on the new Speed. I mean, on the new uh, Mazda Three chassis is maybe going to be a model for next year. I don't know if you want to wait that long, but that's a thought. Which leads me to the other obvious choice, which is not the Speed version. Just the current Mazda You're talking 3. about the new one? The current new yeah. model that we drove like a year ago. Get that with the larger engine, with like the 180-something horsepower Sky yeah, Active like larger engine. And the manual. You can get it with both now. Right, right. Okay, so you can get the larger engine and the manual. The interior of that is spectacular. That car is absolutely worth thirty grand if you can get all if you can check all the boxes and you can get it for that. And that would be a good car for road trips. And if you found yourself on a back road, it's not a hot rod. But it still would hold its own fairly well. I think that should be still considered. a lot of fun. I remembered we were driving that just you know thinking in terms of an economy car, you know more budget conscious. But that's still a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I 
Yeah, we called it the lukewarm hatches, <laughs> and it, it, was, it was the best of that group for sure. Fantastic. Well, we've also given you some great choices there, Daniel. Hey, if we miss something and you're listening, write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail.com for your own car debate, or if, if you just want to drop us a line mm-hmm. and add a comment or a suggestion, we'd love to hear from you. So everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter for updates. We've got a lot of stuff coming, and as Todd said, we've got this, <clears throat> this I, golf I had, review uh, dropping. I, I had wild cards. Oh, you did? I had wild cards for Daniel. I had wild and cards. Here I, I, mean, I, I ran I, I was, roughshod I was, right over the top of you. All right. So I was enjoying. Hey, I was enjoying your riff about how people can find us because I need to find us, but I still do okay, have wild, wild cards. cards. And these are out there, but Daniel, I want to mention them to you anyway because I think you should drive them. I don't know that they're right, but the price is right, and you could find a deal on them. They may be a little too hardcore as far as road trip cars, but drive a, a Hyundai Veloster Turbo. Ooh, interesting. 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 You know, not, interior, not but the greatest you know. back road car. But you know what? Decent power. Even the base version that we drove is surprisingly fun to drive. Unique, if you like that. And then, of course, I think we got to throw it out there because you can get them cheap. They've got great deals on them. The 500 Abart. Fun car. Now, that is it is a, it is a fun car. That is going to be a little bit probably kind of bouncy for a perfect road trip car. But it's not going to be any worse than a Mazda Speed 3. It's not going to be any worse than a Focus ST as far as that kind of thing. It's still not going to be overly brutal. It's not a Shorter STI, wheelbase. It might not be as can, comfortable on a few things. Yeah, but. you can get deals on those. Now, they don't have as much room as the Focus ST, for example, but you can get deals. They have attitude. They have personality like crazy. Here, Let me put it another way. We had the 500 Abart versus the Fiesta ST. The Fiesta ST is a more fun car. But if you said road trip, I'd go with the Abart. Mm. Interesting. So just putting that out there. Good just, choices. Just, just pondering that. Those are my wild cards. So, yes, if you are looking for us, as Paul already said, you can email us your car debate questions at Everyday Driver TV. Please don't forget the TV. We don't know who Everyday Driver at Gmail is. <laughs> so Everyday Driver TV at Gmail is us. So somebody out there is getting their uh, – they think they're getting their, e- like, their email uh, keep inbox to spammed, what and is they this? aren't. Yeah. I don't know anything <laughs> about cars. Anyway, uh, but – so anyway, so write us at EverydayDriverTV at Gmail. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. We have a lot more content coming. Don't know if you saw our video from last week. We are ramping up to weekly video content every Thursday. And the way to interact with us will be about Facebook and Twitter. We do still read all of your YouTube comments. So definitely reach out to us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Yeah. And we're here every week. <laughs> this is fantastic. See? I didn't know you had wild cards, and that just speaks to we don't consult each other, which is great. I think it's more organic <laughs> when we don't because we come up with these crazy ideas, and I kind of like that. So we don't consult each other. And just so you know, organic, if you're still listening. Confused. <laughs> who knows? We actually do some shopping, so don't forget to write to us with your location because we are actually yep. doing some car shopping for you. So thanks for listening. Thanks for Absolutely. watching. Tune in next week. Talk to you then.